Well, thank you so much, worship team. Um, so glad that you were able to lead us. We're just going to wait a second here while they clear off some stuff. Um, just so that there's, I don't knock anything over, which is highly likely. If any of you have seen me preach before, it gets a little rough. Well, hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah. Thanks, Victory. Hey, you know what? Why don't we do this for a second? We have booster packs here, so if your vehicle dies for some reason, we're going to be able to jump you. But if you want to, you can roll down your windows, just stay in your car. But can you turn your cars off? Just, just put it to auxiliary that's halfway between, and then that way we can save, uh, save the ozone, and uh, that way we can kind of hear the, the, the world around us a little bit better. Thank you all so much. How are you guys doing tonight? Are you feeling okay? All right. Well, I'm so glad that, that you're all with us. Thank you so much. If the trees are in the way, I apologize, but I hope you can hear. Um, I am just so thrilled to have this opportunity to gather and to worship uh, together and to get into God's word. Because before this whole COVID-19 thing broke, we found ourselves just kicking off a brand new series uh, <clears throat> called Digital Exile. And so it's been a while. We haven't met in six or more weeks. I've kind of lost track. Um, but we're back. And I think that this is the perfect place to find ourselves right now. Because it seems like we're trying to find our way back to real connection in the midst of this digital world that we're stuck in. I don't know about you, but I am so sick and tired of Zoom meetings. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful. <laughs> hey, that's, the, that's, the, that's the new Pentecostal amen is the honk, right? Um, but I am so sick and tired of Zoom meetings. I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful for the opportunity to continue to work and meet. But man, I just love seeing your faces in person. And, and, and I know that just because we're trying to meet online and we're trying to kind of find a new way to find normal, that we haven't even come close to finding our way out of this digital exile that we find ourselves lost in. In fact, I would say it this way, that the world we find ourselves in uh, before this whole thing broke, is far more isolating than having to stand six feet apart. I think the digital world that we have wrapped ourselves up in in our lifetime is far more isolating than having to stand six feet apart. And here's the truth. We've been self-isolating for a lot longer than the government has mandated it. If you're honest, we have chosen a digital version of reality that at best is a poor representation of what the world is supposed to look like. But more likely, and really, this digital exile we find ourselves in is, is just a facade that creates unrest. It, 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 it breeds low self-esteem and this deep sense of discontent with our lives. In short, we chose and we were forced into self-isolation long before COVID-19. And for this series, uh, I've been using the book Faith for Exiles combined with a study done by Barna last year called The Connected Generation uh, as the, the backbone for the research that has gone into helping us understand how 18 to 35-year-olds have become victorious over this digital exile that we so easily fall into. And in chapter two of the book Faith for Exiles, the authors discuss what they call this, the tyranny of now. 
our personal devices are designed, we know this, they're designed to give us that shot of dopamine and to feed that part of our brain that craves instant gratification. We love memes. I mean, I'm coming across TikTok videos. I know I'm way too old for TikTok, but I'm totally into it. Uh, you know, I've come across TikTok videos that I just have to send to people. Uh, likes on Facebook and hearts on Instagram, all of it, this little shot of instant gratification every time it shows up on your screen. And how about this, the tyranny of now? Are you worried about your grades? Do you want to Google an answer to a debate that you and a buddy are having instead of doing it the old-fashioned way where you just argued even though neither of you knew the answer but the person who argued the best was the one who won? Who misses that? I miss that. You know, what if you want to just look up the, the weather in Tacoma, Washington for some very strange, unknown reason? You can do everything right at your fingertips instantly. Everything is instant. This digital exile that we find ourselves in demands that we live in the hyper-present, attending to every need and every whim at every second of every day. And I came across a guy named Jaron Lanier, and some of you might know who that is, but he's one of the original inventors of virtual reality technology. He's currently worship, or, uh, working rather, as a researcher with Microsoft, and he recently wrote a book about what's going wrong in the tech sector, and he called it uh, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And interestingly, in his book, one of the reasons he gives is spiritual. And he says this, he says, social media is continuous behavior modification on a mass basis with everyone under surveillance by their devices in receiving calculated stimulus to modify them. It's a bad religion, he says. It's a nerdy, empty, sterile, ugly, useless religion that's based on false ideas. But before we go any further, I want to say that it's important to note that Lanier is a supporter of technology. In fact, he's been instrumental in many advancements in tech on a global scale. So it's not that he's against technology. It's not that he wants to return to some Luddite existence before technology. It's that he sees what we feel. He sees that social media is something that demands all of our attention and it makes us live in the hyper-present. It oversells and it underdelivers every single time. And so what do we do about it? What's the answer to deal with this digital exile? Well, I think one of the things is this, and it's something, oddly enough, that we're supposed to be doing, but we're not doing very well right now, and it's rest. And I think you might think I'm crazy, but stay with me. We're all cooped up with way more time than we've had in years. And I hate to break it to you, but most of the time, we're squandering it. We've chosen to binge watch all 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Right before you guys all pulled up, we were talking about how New Girl's back on Netflix. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right. Whoa. That's quite a horn. You know, we play video games until our eyes are blurry. We scroll on social media until the glass on our phones begins to wear out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not anti-tech either. I love social media. I love streaming services online. I mean, I flew to Nairobi last year. It was a day and a half in airplanes. And, and trust me, I used te technology to pass the time. But as I got to thinking, I started to think to myself, doesn't the phrase pass the time throw up even the tiniest red flag? Because it does for me. 
Digital exile makes it absurdly easy for us to squander our most precious resource. And that's time. But what if I told you there was something better? What if, what if I told you that there was a rhythm built into the creation of the universe that is available to you and me? What if I told you that there's something out there that would leave you feeling rejuvenated and leaving you feeling fresh and alive? Is that something that you'd be interested in? Because God knows I need it. That thing is called Sabbath. And I know it's a super old word. And maybe it makes you feel uncomfortable or maybe it's not something you've ever really thought about before. But I want you to just hear me out and stay with me tonight because we're going to unpack this a little bit together. And so I want us to open up God's word together to Genesis 2, verse 2. It says this from the NLT. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. That's the end of the creation story. And I want to point out something that stands out to me as I read that, and it's this. God had finished his work of creation. There's a lot of you in your cars right now and maybe watching this online later that feel like you're never done. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ain't got time for nothing else because all you do is work. You're so busy all of the time. You always have assignments that are coming down the pipe. You feel like you have no air left to breathe. You've got nothing left. But I just want to let you know that the reality check test came in and it determined that that was a lie. Okay? If God, let me catch this, if God can finish working and finish creating the universe and he can rest, you can take a rest too. But if we're being real honest right now, because we're friends and we can be honest, right? The problem really isn't taking a break from work. It's how we spend our time. We've become so immersed in the digital exile that we find ourselves in that it becomes our work. And we start to believe that that's who we are. And there's a second thing going on in Genesis 2 right here, and I want you to hear it. He says, so he rested from all his work. A little bit further, it says, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Why did he declare it holy? Because it was the day he rested from all his work of creation. I don't know about you. I don't know how you read the Bible. I don't know how you feel when you read the Bible. But let me tell you something. When I read scripture and when God tells me something twice in two sentences, that's me keying in to maybe God saying, hey, y'all better take some notes because this is important and I want to speak something to you. It says this, that God blessed it and then he rested. Come on, that's good. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. When was the last time you truly rested? And I don't mean slept in. That's not what I'm talking about. And I also don't mean the last time that you vegetated on the couch in your juicy sweatpants and you ate all of the heavenly hash ice cream that was in your freezer. That's not the kind of rest I'm talking about. I mean Sabbath rested. 
Maybe you don't know what Sabbath rest is. Let me break it down for you really simple. It's this. Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time once a week where we stop work, we enjoy rest, we practice delight, and we contemplate God. When was the last time? I don't know about you, but when I think about Sabbath rest, when I think about true rest from all work, when I think about spending time in the presence of God and slowing down and being present in the moment and enjoying the things that God has given me to enjoy, I don't know about you, but my heart aches for that rest. When I was writing this, as I wrote those words, I just felt this overwhelming sense of, God, I want to be in that place. I want to be in that place where I experience your presence and I feel you moving. And I rest. But if we fast forward almost all the way through the New Testament, so we've gone from Genesis all the way, we find ourselves in Hebrews, getting close to the end. We read this in chapter 4, verse 1. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Catch this next part. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. So we might tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. I don't know about you, but this question cut me deep when I put it down on paper. When was the last time you feared missing time with God? And when I put that down, that was a reality check for me. Because I get so busy in life. I get so busy in this world of digital existence, checking out Pinterest and Instagram and TikTok and, and Google searches and, and just seeing what other people have and, and everything that goes on in the world. And I get so caught up in that that I miss the Sabbath rest. And what you need to hear tonight is that the writer of Hebrews was speaking to Jewish Christians who were on the fence of whether to follow Jesus or not. This whole book is about the supremacy of Christ, how he reigns over all, how he's better than all, how he's greater than all. Everything you're going through, everything that you're fighting for, everything that you're working towards, Christ is better. That's what's in this book. And I believe that it's a timely message for you and I in the season of life we find ourselves in right now. And in the 13 chapters that make up Hebrews, one whole chapter is dedicated to Sabbath rest. And that's Hebrews 4. And so I want to touch on a couple of things that it teaches us about Sabbath in Hebrews chapter 4. The first is this. Sabbath rest is a gift from God. It's a gift from God for you and me. Verses 9 and 10 say this. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the universe. The writer of Hebrews referencing Genesis and saying that that same rest is waiting for you and me. God has prepared this rest for us. And we know it's good because God keeps offering it. If you read Hebrews 4, you see that God tried to offer rest through the creation narrative, through the leadership of Joshua, through the leadership of David, but everything fell short. And so he had to do something about it. Because people continued to ignore it, but God didn't give up. And so I want to explain what happened here, because in most of your Bibles, if you open them up and you check them out tonight, most of your Bibles, chapter 4 of Hebrew, Hebrews, ends with verses 14 to 16 being part of a new chapter, being part of a new section. So it's still technically chapter 4, but it's part of a new section with a title that is something to the effect of Christ is greater than the Old Testament priesthood. But I want to say something. If we don't connect 
the dots between verses 14 to 16 and chapter 4, and we just assume that it's part of something new, we miss out on a beautiful portion of Scripture. And it's this. Let's read it together. So then, this is, this is verse 14 to 16 in Hebrews 4. So then, since we have a great high priest, some of you are saying, I remember this, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We got to understand that when scripture starts with so then, it's referencing what's just happened in chapter four. And chapter four is all about Sabbath rest. And then it comes and it lands on this Jesus figure who's above all other things in the Old Testament. And so it's not just setting up chapter five and the priesthood of Jesus. It is doing that, but that's not all it's doing. It tells us that what the people of God failed to understand and grasp as Sabbath rest under the leadership of Joshua, under the leadership of David, and throughout the whole old covenant, we, you and I, the people living in the New Testament time, will be given the complete understanding of Sabbath and true rest through the person of Jesus Christ through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus teaches us through his words and his actions all throughout the Gospels. Paul speaks about it. Peter speaks about it. Everything in the New Testament points towards this idea that resting in the presence of God, that Sabbath rest is a gift. And it's amazing that throughout Scripture, people choose to ignore it. When Morgan and I got married, and there's some of you married folks here that'll know what I'm talking about, but when Morgan and I got married, it was the year of the measuring cup. So in case you didn't know, every year that people get married, there is some gift at that wedding that you get multiples of. Most often it's toasters is what we think of because of television. Sometimes it's dishes. For us, it was measuring cups. And I'm talking a lot of measuring cups. Like, I don't know if there was a sale on measuring cups, but we got a lot of measuring cups. And it was way too much. And so a lot of them didn't come with receipts. So what we did is we just re-gifted them for like the next 10 weddings we went to, right? And no judgment, we were poor newlyweds. So it's just the reality. But that's kind of what the people of God did throughout history. And to be fair, what we do often as well. They were saying Sabbath, Sabbath is a great gift, but man, I got a lot of other things coming in right now. And you know what? I'm just gonna, this is just for somebody else. This is just for some other person. It's not really for me. But listen, God keeps giving it. If you read Hebrews 4, you'll see it over and over again that God gives the Sabbath rest over and over again because he knows it's necessary. You see, Jesus came so that we could enter the ultimate place of rest. A Sabbath that directly connects us to the God of the universe. But how? How do we do it? This leads me to the second thing that this portion of scripture teaches us. And it's this. Sabbath is a verb. It's so easy to think rest is passive, isn't it? It's so easy to think that rest is sleep. It's the same thing, right? We rest, we sleep. Or at the very least, it's doing nothing or very little, right? If we're being honest, that's what we tend to think of rest is. It's just something that we kind of just do. But if we get honest for a minute... When we spend an entire day doing nothing, we don't feel that good, do we? 
When I spend an entire day doing nothing at all and being just totally lazy, I don't feel refreshed. I feel tired. That's why so many people come home from vacation and they say one of the stupid and most annoying things in the whole planet. Do you know what it is? It's that, oh, I need a vacation for my vacation. How many people have heard that? That is, thank you. <laughs> it, is, it is so annoying because, let me say it this way. If you spend a day resting and at the end of it, you don't feel rested, you're doing it wrong. Something's not adding up. Rest is supposed to make you feel rested. But God has laid out the perfect plan for rest. And it involves us participating. Oddly enough, Sabbath rest requires action. And if we don't put in the work, it's like turning our backs on God to pursue our own desires. Because in verse 11, the writer of Hebrews says this, So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. If we choose to ignore Sabbath, our faith is incomplete. By choosing to disobey God's command for Sabbath is to think this, and this is incorrect, but it's to think and it's to put this out into the universe in such a way that says, the world can't possibly go on without me. The world can't possibly. But I, I want to encourage you tonight by saying something that's not that encouraging. It doesn't seem like it at first. Let me just, because this is going to go against everything your mom's ever told you. You are replaceable. Put that on a Hallmark card. You are replaceable. And let me be clear. I don't mean by your family. I don't mean by your friends. I don't mean by God. But the place you work, the followers you have on social media that you've never met, that don't even live in this country, let alone this city, the causes that you champion and work for, all of those things will go on without you. And that sounds harsh, but when I first heard that and I, and I meditated on it and I was honest with myself, I started to realize that that's true. The world goes on without me. I'm not that important. And so when I learned to embrace that, not in a fatalistic sense, not in a way that like life is meaningless and I'm just free, uh, you know, to do nothing because I'm totally worthless. I don't mean that at all. I mean that, that when I began to kind of grasp onto this, I'm free to rest and enjoy life. It welcomed the presence of Jesus into my life in a manner and in a way that brought a deep sense of peace. And I want that for you. I want that for you. And can I say this? If we never stop... If you've never stopped and enjoyed Sabbath rest, if you don't know what that is, you're missing out on the work of Jesus in your life in an amazing and powerful way. So how do we do Sabbath? How do we act out this verb? Well, Sabbath, like I said, is a 24-hour block of time. Usually practiced between sundown on one day and sundown the next day, but you don't need to get legalistic about it, but you do. It's that setting apart of 24 hours in the week to rest. And a man named Peter Scazzaro, some of you may know him because a few years ago uh, you went through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality uh, with Pastor Tyson and, and some of the people here. But if, if you haven't checked him out, I highly recommend it. But he lays out four steps to enter into this rest known as Sabbath that I just want to encourage you with tonight. The first thing is this, stop. 
Just stop. Stop everything you're doing. We must stop all paid and unpaid work. On the Sabbath, we learn to embrace our limits and let go of the illusion that we are indispensable to the world. We recognize that we'll never finish all of our goals. We'll never finish all of our projects. And we declare that Jesus is on, is on the throne of our life and that he alone is able to complete the good work that he started in us because that's the only thing worth pursuing. The second thing we do is rest. Once we stop, we accept God's invitation to rest. This isn't the same thing as doing nothing, like I've said. We actually engage in things that restore and replenish us. Replenish us. And don't get me wrong, it means you can nap. You can still nap, praise, praise Jesus. I love a good nap. <laughs> but it's really about slowing down the pace of our life and actually engaging in the world around us, the tangible, real world around us. Thirdly, we delight. This is, this is my favorite section. Because when God declared his work very good, it was joyful recognition and celebration of accomplishment. And so when you and I participate in Sabbath, it's also a joyful recognition, recognition and celebration of what God is doing in our lives. One thing I've learned about Sabbath in my own life is the importance of asking myself a, a particular, this question. And it's, it's, what brings me delight? I love that word. We don't use that word enough. That's delightful. That is just such a warm thing, isn't it? I love, I love that. What brings me delight? And for me, I love to cook. I love to cook great meals. I love to try new recipes. I love to serve friends and family. I, I also enjoy working with my hands and fixing things. I love playing with my kids and hanging out with my wife. And so my rhythm of Sabbath has become doing those things, cooking and, and fixing things and working and spending time with my kids and playing games. Today, my daughter and I played for two hours uh, PJ Masks. If you've never heard of that show, you're missing out because there are three kids that go into the night to save the day. There's Catboy, there's Gecko, and there's Owlette. And you know what? I was a super baddie. For two hours and Ellie chased me around and beat me up and it was super fun because I love my daughter and that opportunity to just slow down and by practicing Sabbath it's allowed me to put that into the rest of my life as well. Morgan and I just love sitting together and drinking coffee usually it's decaf because it's after our girls go to sleep but that opportunity to just slow down and on Sabbath we do that we slow down and we spend time together and we drink coffee and we actually talk and we connect. Because on the Sabbath, I try to engage in things that bring me delight, that restore my soul. And finally, the most important part is contemplation. I love how Scazzaro frames this. He says it this way, the central focus of our Sabbath is to ponder the love of God. What makes Sabbath different, what makes, sorry, what makes Sabbath different from a day off is that it's holy to the Lord is what Genesis tells us and Hebrews. It doesn't mean we spend the whole day in prayer or studying scripture. Instead, contemplation means that we are acutely focused of those aspects of Jesus that make us come alive. During Sabbath, we intentionally search for the evidence of Jesus in all the things he has given us to enjoy. I love that. We search for the evidence of Jesus in the things that he has given us to enjoy. And one final thing I want to address about Sabbath is this. We have to plan to do it. You will never stumble 
into the Sabbath. You will never stumble into meaningful rest in the presence of God. We'll waste our lives grinding away and never taking the time to rest and to wonder at the love and the effect of Jesus' ministry and life for us if we just expect us to fall into Sabbath rest. So practically, it means blocking off time in your calendar. It means literally going into your calendar and taking time and saying nothing else is going to fit in here. It's making sure your bills are paid. It's making sure that the chores that don't bring you joy, that don't bring you delight, those things are done before Sabbath. It means dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's so that on your time of Sabbath, you can actually engage and rest. Okay, and one more thing. I I lied about that being the last thing, but this thing is going to be the last thing, I promise. I promise. Use Sabbath as an opportunity to fast from technology and social media. The only way, catch this, the only way out of digital exile is to remind ourselves that we're in control of how lost we become. The only way out of digital exile is to remind ourselves that we are in control of how lost we become. We can't truly experience a relationship with Jesus if we're lost in digital exile. There's a reason why our hearts yearn for Sabbath. There's a reason why when I talk about spending time delighting in God and slowing down and and resting and and taking a break in in a meaningful way that our hearts go, I want that. Because in a world that tells us to do self-care, to treat yourself, in a world that tells you all of these things, there is Jesus who is above it all, who is beckoning us to come to him and to spend time in his presence. And the maker of the heavens and the earth has called us to be with him. And that's why our hearts yearn for it. And so can I ask you tonight, will you take that step? Will you intentionally block off 24 hours during your week to stop and to rest and to delight and to contemplate? And if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to do that. Check your heart. Why would you not want to do that? Why would you want to continue to plug into a world that does not care about you? Why would you continue to want to press into social media, into a digital world that's a poor representation of what God has for you? Why would you want that? Why is that the thing that our hearts yearn for? And it's because there is an enemy who speaks lies to each one of us. There's an enemy that tells you that your better life is just on the other side of that person's Instagram account. That your better life is just if you could whitewash your walls and put up some paneling. That your world would be better if you could bake sourdough bread, right? But that's not the measure of how much God loves you. That's not the measure of what God has for you. It's that love It's that yearning that we have to spend time in his presence. And so will you? Will you do it? You have more time than you ever could imagine right now. And let me be real frank. If we can't find a way to engage in Sabbath rest right now, we never will. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you for who you are. We praise you that you are the maker of heaven and earth. God, that you sent your son Jesus to have a relationship with us. And that God, that you desire more for us than just the grind of life. That God, as much as you call us and invite us into rest, 
God, you are waiting there for each one of us. And so, God, I pray for each person gathered in this place. Jesus, would you speak truth to them? Would you remind them of how much you love and care for them? And God, would your Holy Spirit stir within us so that we could come to a place where we desire Sabbath rest and that we make those intentional practical steps to block off 24 hours to be with you to fast from technology and social media so that we can quiet our minds to hear you and see you move in the things that you have given us to enjoy and delight in. We praise you, Father, and I just thank you, God, so much for this time to gather and worship together with my friends. Father, I pray a blessing over each one of them. God, where there is hurt and where there is brokenness and where there's pain and misunderstanding, would Holy Spirit, would you speak to that? God, would you break through that noise of the enemy where he speaks lies and mistruths? And would you speak your truth and would you speak your promises over each one gathered in this place? Would they know the presence of your Holy Spirit in their lives? Would they know that, God, you have promised them good things, that you have never forsaken them or ever left them by left their side. And God, in this world of COVID-19 and the strange season that we find ourselves in, would our eyes be turned to you because we love you. And God, we want to enter into the rest that you have so graciously provided for us. So Father, I bless each one in this place. Thank you for this opportunity. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, everyone, thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad that, that you have joined us tonight. Thank you for following the rules. Thank you for staying in your cars. Uh, and I just, I think it's awesome. You know, no cops were called tonight. That's a blessing. Amen. Hey, we're going to ask you as you leave, uh, we're going to go from the outsides and work our way in. So those of you kind of in the middle, just sit tight. Uh, we're going to just kind of get people on the outsides. Why don't you just start filing out and... Uh, yeah. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful night. God bless you.